Hello and welcome to another episode of Fool's Daily. Um, I am still joined by the not quite as handsome as he was when we recorded the last episode because time has gone on and age waits for no man. Um, it's Mr. Matt Spina. I think you'll find I've matured like a fine wine. I think you'll find you've corked. I may have matured like a fine cheese. <laughs> it's a very similar smell around here anyway. I'm sure the listeners really wanted to know that. Camembert that's been in the sun for a week. That's kind of where we're going. <laughs> you are a disgusting human being. Fact. Yeah, I know it's a fact. No, I was just concurring. It is indeed a fact. <sighs> but you're cuddly. Yes. So, I'm going to have a little rant today. Are you? I am. What well, are you going to rant about? Well, it's not necessarily a rant. It's, it's a... Diatribe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe something that I thought of. And it was inspired by something that we were talking about yesterday. Mm-hmm. Or not, maybe not yesterday, depending on when these come out. Last Some time episode, ago. Yeah, one episode, maybe, in the past, or possibly in the future. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, days of future past. I don't know which timeline we're in now. Yeah, neither do I. It's all get very confusing. Mm, damn these paradoxes. Anyway. Paradox? Paradi? I don't know. I don't know. Paradoxes, it must be. Hippopotamus, hippopotami, paradox, parad- yeah, okay. Yeah, because they're really related. Um, so it was the Route 666666666 stuff. Devil's, hi- Devil's Highway? Devil's Highway. Devil's Highway. Um, no, Devil's Run. I don't know. Uh, the game. The, that thing, the post-apocalyptic the game, game. The Kickstarter that time forgot. Yes. Um, though it's not as bad as the Dust Kickstarter. And some would argue not as bad as the whatever that other one was. Oh, Relic Knights? That's the fella. Oh, no, the Dust Kickstarter's worse than the Relic Knights. Has it? Oh, yeah, its um, scheduled delivery date was 2014. And it's still not. No, and Battlefront and um, the other guy, Paolo, just mm. seem to be at loggerheads, and they just seem to keep lying about everything. Or, oh, dear. Or not telling the whole truth. There's quite a lot of disgruntled backers. I can imagine. But anyway, um, so I was thinking, I was thinking about Route 666, and it's the sort of game that, with the theme that it's got and the success of Fury Road and things, that should appeal to I'm not saying, I don't want to say mainstream because it's, it, it doesn't appeal to the monopoly type crowd. But, but as broad a market as you could hope for. A yeah. Multi, multi media based market. Yeah. The, the people, the same sort of people that would play things like Cult Express. Mm hmm. Um, or, or Zombicide. Yeah. Um, you know, the, one of the reasons for Zombicide's Huge popularity is that it was tapping into something that was completely in the public consciousness at the time, inspired by the Walking Dead TV series. Yeah. 
You know, all of a sudden you can play zombies on the tabletop. And that's why it crosses over. I mean, we've talked in this show in the past that I can get Mrs. Marshall to play that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the reason that I can get Mrs. Marshall to play that is because it crosses over. Which is weird because all I can get Mrs. Marshall to play is hide the purple parsnip. <laughs> I'm just going to ignore that. Okay. Um, though I will play that bit to her. Oh, don't, because she'll <laughs> punch me in the face next time she sees me. Um, so, and I was thinking, okay, so Fury Road should, mm-hmm. that, Fury Road has heightened that whole post-apocalyptic, um, nice work. I know. Car stuff. Yeah. So, Mad Max has always had a big following. Yeah. So Route 666 should be able to appeal to that. And then I was building the figures, and I'm thinking, the figures are why this game will never appeal across that. From the hardcore gamer to the more casual board gamer type person. Yeah, the kind of family games night kind of person. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because there's just too much work you have to do to make the figures. From an assembly point of view? Yeah. You know, they're, they're resin figures, so you have to, you have to go through all the resin cleanup that you need. Mm-hmm. And you, they still, they're stu- they come on the sprues, so you have to clip them, you have to clip them off the sprues. And that's okay, because, you know, there are many games where you have to clip stuff off the sprues and, or, you know, snap stuff out, you know, push cardboard carters out and things. Mm-hmm. Um, Colt Express, which I mentioned, you know, a little bit earlier, you have to build a cardboard train in carriages. Yeah. It takes about 10 minutes, but the first time you play the game, you have to do that little bit of assembly. That's fine. But these, you have to clip, you know, effectively clean them up. Um, there's mold lines. There's there's bits where the models have been taken off the sprues already, but they've still got, you know, little bumps and things so that they won't sit properly on the bases and everything. And they're yeah. beautifully detailed, but that thing, that fact that you have to do that assembly and you have to do that cleanup is, I think, the thing that will, that prevents, you know, six 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 and many other games like it from crossing over from being war games and thus only appealing to the war gaming public. Yeah, because we're used to that kind of crap. Yeah, we don't mind. I know how to clean up resin, and you know, I've got the little files and the sanding sticks and the scraping tool and everything that I need mm-hmm. to clean them all up. You give it to, you know, even jo- your... Johnny, not a muggle? No, no, not even a muggle. You give it to someone, it could be, a, you know, someone who's a board gamer, who, who yeah. goes to gaming cafes and plays board games. You know, yeah. there's a lot of people in that category. Yeah. You give it to them and they're going, well, what am I doing with this? Yeah. I, I've, I can take the car, I can take one, so there's... In the starter box, there's one car that is a one-piece model. Yeah. Okay, so you could use, you could use that. The other car, you have to glue the back wheels on. Mm-hmm. But you have to snip the black wheels off. You have to um, clean them all up. You have to get your super glue out. You have to glue them on. And then the bikes, you have to... as Once you've got them off the sprue and things, you have to glue the top half of the rider into the bike, and then you have to 
They're quite fiddly around the handlebars to get the handlebars to line up and things. Now, maybe you don't matter. You know, it's just a pl- it's just a playing piece, maybe. Um, yeah. right, you know, it's it's the models versus pieces thing, and that's fine. And yes, they're they're all in grey resin. Okay, I can live with that. Though, yeah, um, the scale seventy five Kickstarter stuff showed me that there's no real reason why you couldn't do them in different colour resins. Yeah, because that came through in faction colours, basically. Effectively, yeah. So the harvesters are in pink, and the Aries are in grey. And then there was a green one and a blue one. Yeah. You know, it just... All oh, the blue ones. Okay, you don't have to paint them. You'll just play with the blue ones. So, you know, if the cars came in different colour resins, it just makes them a bit more visually attractive. And the cards and everything are all beautiful. They're all beautiful colour. And I think it's just... The fact you have to build the models and things just lets it down. And and again, I'm not having a go at 666. It, it, it's that class of games... Yeah. We live in it. We're we're in a time at the moment where there are so many different games and so many choices of things that you can do with your leisure time. Mm. That and it seems that there are many games producers who are just going for that niche wargaming market. Yeah. And we talked about it with um, the guys from Paranoid Miniatures the other day. Mm Hmm. The same thing that. That their market is the war game market. It's the people who go to salute. Yeah. And those are the people that you're going to get. But then you get things like, I mean, Zombie Side is obviously the big crossover hit that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. But potentially some of the other fantasy flight type stuff. Um, um, X Wing. Yeah. Yeah. That was the case I was going to bring to the table is X Wing, but also, you know, the whatever the other one is called, their dungeon crawl that we didn't like. Um, oh, the um, assault. On Imperial assault. Imperial assault. Again, you know, it's it's something that's looking, that is kind of half board game, half miniatures game, but looking to appeal to a broad base because, you know, that license has such wide appeal. Yes, and then in the Star Wars case, I mean, obviously, you, you, the license helps massively because it's, it's Star Wars stuff. Yeah. But there's, there's no reason why you can't, actually, if you look at, um, I mean, I'm going to use Games Workshop as an example. You look at the, uh, new Dungeon Quest thing. Mm hmm. Um, Warhammer Quest thing. That's designed so that you can, as well as appealing to the, people who go into Games Workshop. It's designed so 14-year-old Johnny gets a copy and can persuade his mum and his dad to play with him. Yeah. Because all the, you know they all click together and there's very little work that you have to do to get the game up and running. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, like I say, Zombies Eye, you just pop them out of the little plastic retaining packaging, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and then, you know, they're all in different colours and You've got the you've got the cards there, and, it, and it's got quite a lot of um, you know tokens and things, and there's a lot of cards for the zombie deck and everything, but mm-hmm. it has that crossover appeal. Yeah. Um, and there's no, I'm not convinced that there's any reason why 
you have to use, or you have to necessarily use, certainly for a starter box set, a complicated material such as resin. No. Which is hard to work with. It's hazardous. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, well. Um, in this day and age, if you look at... Um, and they, again, this may be a bit unfair because you might be comparing sizes of companies. Yeah. But if you look at um, all the recent Cool Mini or Not Kickstarters for their board games. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the others, um, uh, Blood Rage, those sorts yeah. of things. The miniatures that are in those are absolutely gorgeous. They are stonkingly good miniatures. Um, the large gribblies from uh, Blood Rage are easily as good as any wargaming miniature mm. in air codes that I've seen. Um, the, tw- the, smaller hu- the smaller humans aren't necessarily as good because they're... Um, you know, there's certain poses they've seen and they've taken certain shortcuts um, yeah. because of the medium that they're using. But yeah. on the tabletop, they look brilliant. Yeah. They are all one-piece models. No assembly required. No. You take it out of the blister pack and it's you can put it on the table. And they're a hard plastic. Mm-hmm. You don't have to paint them. You can paint them. I mean, they take paint really well, but you don't have to. And so you yeah. Create, so th- Rise of the Cargo, another one. Right. The, Kickstar- the Kickstarter from the Bushido guys. Again, no assembly. All the miniatures come, again, in not as hard a plastic as I'd have liked, if I'm entirely honest, but decent sculpts, one piece, lots of different colours. So each different model has a separate colour. But take it all out of the box and you're ready to go. No assembly required. Right. So that actually puts a lie to the size of the company because... They're not big. No, GCT are not a large company. Yeah. I mean, it's like three guys. Yeah. So... It can be done. Yeah, so what are the, what's the quality of the sculpts on the Rise of the Cargo like? Um, sculpts are really good. Material is a slight... It's not like a hard PVC-type plastic. It's... Is it close but it's to- not... Is it Reaper Bones or? It's somewhere between the two. It doesn't feel quite as soft as Reaper Bones, but isn't as hard as, um, you know, your injection, um, molded plastic. Right. Okay. It seems somewhere in between the two. Okay. But well defined, crisp castings. Um, and really it's only on where you've got the, the models have got a long Yari where you've got that kind of flex in a long, thin weapon. Yeah. Um, I mean, the counter-argument would be, yeah, they're a little bit bendy, but it means they don't snap. So, you know, there's there's two sides to it. So it, it, it's just something that, you know, as, it, as, we were saying, as I was saying earlier, we're in this golden age and so many games and so much choice. Are you going to choose something that's simpler to, simpler to get on the table or, get on, you know, get the people around the board? Mm-hmm. Or something that's going, that takes, you know, th- three, four days of assembly before you can start playing. Yeah. Um, now, for you and I, and possibly for a lot of the people who are listening to this, 
Um, that isn't actually a question that comes into into play when we're making buying decisions. Because, no. Because, you know, we're we, experienced gamers. We're, we're old. And yeah. Been around a while. Yeah, we know how to do it. But for kids who are just coming off Games Workshop stuff, and you think, oh, that looks cool, and you open it up and you go, oh, what's all this? Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, worst case scenario, it never makes it past that point because it just looks too complicated. Yeah, and you're going, oh, it's a bit small and it's a bit fiddly, and hmm. you know, and the bike. There's, I mean, you know, the Route 66 bikes are far more detailed than the equivalents from Dark Future from, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the original Dark Future box. But the original Dark Future box was 20 years ago. Yeah, I bet if GW revisited Dark Future now. It would look spectacular. The plastics that they produce, they might be, you know, two-piece clip-togethers. Yeah. But I bet they would be absolutely outstanding detail-wise. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me until, you know, it's not going to be long until people start doing stuff in coloured plastic. Mm-hmm. And I guess the the whole thing comes back to you know, what we catalyzed this discussion was what you're pitching the game as. Yeah. Do you, do you want to appeal beyond miniature gamers, miniature gamers beyond 40 year olds that will put up with slightly misshapen resin? Cause you know, it's, it's not the greatest medium in the world unless you are particularly good at doing it. You know, do you want to broaden your appeal and do a zombie side? Do you want to broaden your appeal and do, you know, a fantasy flight game. Yeah. If so, make it easy for people to pick it up and play. Yeah. Well, see, it wasn't a rant. No. It was reasoned discussion of an, and presentation of a point of view. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. All right. Well, now I feel all virtuous. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably time to go. Yes, yeah, before we fall off our moral high ground. Yeah, that's a long way down. Hell yes. And with my big head, it will hurt. So, until next time, I've been Mike. And I've been Matt. Bye-bye. Bye. You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at Fools Underbar Daily, or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com. 